Kaitaia. We're already with you. Welcome. Welcome. There we are. You might think that we're not organized here, but we thought we'd just give you a different start, you know, and just show you that we get a few things wrong from time to time as well. And not that I got it wrong, all right? Maybe I did. I'm not sure what happened there. But anyway, Kaitaia, fantastic. We're hearing good reports about people being saved and added and things like that. So that is fantastic. I trust you're going to enjoy the message we've got for you this morning. So please stay alert. I can't see if you're falling asleep, but I know that you won't be. One of the things that sets Christianity apart from all other religions is that it's more than a book and a set of rules to follow. Christianity involves a personal relationship with a person, no less than God himself. No less than Jesus and the Holy Spirit. No other religion in the world offers personal relationship with a living God. It's relationship, not religion. And in this relationship, you get to know God more and more, to hear His voice, to be His friend, to enjoy His presence. If the relationship with God factor is missing in Christianity, then it becomes dead, lifeless, powerless and boring, and the churches become the same. You will find young people will exit those churches very fast because they want reality. They don't want religion. They don't want just a set of rules. They want the power of God that can change their lives. So through the Bible, you're going to see that men and women um, encountered God that made a difference in their lives in a tremendous way, and it made the God of the Bible more real, more personal, and more powerful in their lives. And it came as a result of moments with God, encounters with God. That's what makes Christianity real, powerful, and exciting. So let's go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 and 9, and because this is right there from the beginning. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. Remember, Adam and Eva in the garden? So he's walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to Adam and said, Where are you? And so here we have God walking with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. That's your inheritance right there. God walking with you in a personal, intimate relationship and even calling your name. Adam, Eve, you know, in this case, of course, they were hiding away because they had sinned. But when you walk with God, Christianity is the most exciting life on planet Earth. Nothing can compare with relationship with God. So encounters with God, moments with God are very powerful Because what they do is they create a momentum within us that help us to achieve more. Now, by encounters, please don't think of something, you know, really dramatic, like an angel appearing to you and fire coming from heaven. You get slain on the floor for about an hour or so. No, sometimes something far less dramatic can have just as much impact. It may be hearing God speak to you through a verse through a sermon. It may be God's presence in the time of worship that really touches you. It may be a burden in prayer, a passion. It could be a revelation. It's amazing what events change people's lives forever. And I think sometimes what the devil does 
is he wants us to exclude ourselves. You think it counters, well, count me out. I don't ever have anything dramatic happen in my life. Friends, the devil wants you to exclude yourself because it's not about the dramatic. My conversion was not dramatic. I know a lot of people had mighty dramatic conversions, but hey, they're not even near God today. Some of them aren't. So it's not a matter of the dramatic. It's a matter of something that impacts and changes your life. So a better word than encounters is probably a moment, a moment with God. And uh, you can actually have that in every single service. As I speak, you can encounter God. How many of you believe that? How many of you are actually expecting that this morning? I hope you are. I remember a number of years ago, and this happens to me occasionally from time to time. Brian Bailey's preaching. I'm sitting right there. And he just says these words. He said, this is no ordinary church, but this is a church that is going to hit the mark for God and fulfill His will. And as soon as he said those words, the Spirit of God just, just hit me. And I thought, wow, what a, it's probably about the best prophetic word you can possibly have. The church is going to fulfill the call of God. And that, that moment with God is still with me today. 20 or so years later, it changed my life. Just sitting in a service, a, mo- a few words spoken, that was a dramatic moment or a powerful moment for me. So a significant encounter that I had, another one, was reading a book. The life story of Hudson Taylor. There was no angels. There was no fire from heaven. I didn't fall down on the floor. I didn't start crying. But God was there as I read that book. And I had an encounter, if you like, that created a moment that led me into missions unstoppable momentum that I still have 30 years later. Can you see how an encounter creates a momentum within you that causes you to achieve more and fulfill the purposes of God in a greater dimension and a greater level? Because what happens is an encounter or a moment increases you on the inside. What happens is you get more of God. You get more of the Holy Spirit. With more of the Holy Spirit, you're going to achieve more. Achieve more at work, achieve more at school, achieve more in the home, achieve more in the marketplace, achieve more in the church, wherever it is, you're going to achieve more. More of God, more achievement. It's, hey, that's that's the way it works. And so that's why these moments, these encounters are so powerful and so very, very important in our lives. So Moses encountered God at a burning bush that led to a momentum that actually set a nation free. Peter encountered God on the rooftop that took the gospel to the Gentiles and impact the nations of the world. Joseph encountered God in two dreams and became a tremendous marketplace leader and ultimately the equivalent of the prime minister of the then most powerful nation in the world. So listen to this. Some encounters with God become movements that actually influence nations, nations of the world. Kaitaira, I hope that you're really tuned in right now and listening because I believe that the hand of God is upon Kaitaira. And as you have encounters, as you have moments with God, it's going to create a momentum that is going to help Kaitaira impact the whole region of Northland with the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
God is not just wanting to build a church there in Kaitai where you all have a great time, and I trust that you do, but he's building a church that is going to be a movement that impacts that whole region and sees multitudes of people saved. You're going to change the atmosphere of Northland. So grab a hold of it, reach out for encounters, reach out for a moment with God today, and see what God is going to do through that awesome church. Hey, God bless you up there. Augustine Jebuchanar. I met him in India. God called him from South India to North India. He didn't want to go. He said, God, no. He's out on the fields. He has a vision. God calls him again, and he still says no. The vision turns to the face of, the, 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 kind of like the face of, God, of Jesus, and the tears of Jesus literally drop in this vision. He's out on this field, and the tears are dropping, and, and they actually fall upon him, and he feels the tears of the Lord. Imagine that. And he still says no, because north is barren. It's hard. It's tough. South where the action is. And then God speaks to him, and he says this in an audible voice. He says, if you don't go, I have no one. He went, and in 30 years, he's planted 1,200 churches. He trains 20,000 workers. That encounter with God led to a momentum that led to a movement that is impacting a nation and probably nations. God's heart is mission. And the more you connect with the heart of God, the more you're positioned for encounters. And many people who encountered God in Scripture and in life had a passion for mission. Hudson Taylor, William Booth, Apostle Paul, Peter, Jesus, who came to seek and save the lost, he had encounters with God. See, an encounter, a moment, will increase your passion, I believe, for mission in a fantastic way. You know, your giving can create a momentum that impacts multitudes. See, never underestimate the impact of your, that your life can have. It can affect hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of people. Because this is how it works. A life that is wholly lived for God, and what you do for it is like a river. It's like a river that flows. And it flows to, you don't know where it flows to. It flows to the ends of the earth. The, the, the impact of, of the life that you live, the things that you do. For example, you're giving. When you give in your faith promise, you give to missions, you give to this church. That you, you just don't know where that giving goes. And I'm telling you, it goes not only to this nation, it goes across to other nations in the world, and it affects so many thousands of people. Your prayers are the same. See, your prayers go out there, and you will never know until the other side of eternity the impact of your prayers. They can literally impact people all across the globe. You know, we have no idea of the influence that we can have. Don't base your results on what you see because, you know, your giving can, to the nations can create a momentum that becomes a movement that has huge impact all across the globe. Every one of us here, you can receive this, is called to be a world changer. Tell the person next to you, you're called to be a world changer. Nice loud voice. How many of you would like to change the world? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to do that? Well, you can do that. Hey, just your giving is going to change the world. Your praying is going to change the world. Being a part of this church is going to change the world because we're a global church. We are world changers. So let's be eagles that fly into the heavens and let's not be like chickens and hens that just peck around in the dust down here. Let's fly to the heights that God has called us to. Let's impact the nations of the world for our Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 1.8. Let's go there. 
Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power. Here's an encounter. Here's a moment when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. What happens when you encounter, when you have that moment? Here it tells you right there. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. See, one of the greatest reasons for encounter is to get this message of salvation out. And so the more your heart is towards that, the more you're going to encounter God. And then we see the encounter, Acts chapter 2, verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, a rushing mighty wind filled the whole house where they were sitting. There's an encounter that created a momentum that changed the world and turned it upside down. William Booth had an encounter. He saw himself sick and dying. He's taken to heaven. He sees this book, a record of all, record of all his actions, his motives, his thoughts. He's overwhelmed by what he sees. And overwhelmed by the thought that he had wasted virtually all of his life living for himself, unconcerned about a lost world. Jesus himself approached him, and he saw a procession of great saints. Some had been martyred. Booth felt small in their presence. Jesus stared at him silently. Booth said, how I wish the mountain would fall on me and hide me forever from his presence. And he felt God say to him, go back to earth. I'll give you another opportunity. Prove yourself worthy of my name. Become a savior on my behalf of men. Booth had a moment, an encounter that changed his life forever. We know it became a movement that actually impacted the nations of the world. Your encounter doesn't have to be like Booth's, but I'm telling you, if God apprehends your heart, you just begin to do what you can to pray, to go, to serve, to give. That moment becomes a movement as you join with us and others that can change the world. You can be a William Booth. Just not as out there, if you like, as we might read of in books, but you can actually do the same. But it comes back to that moment. It comes back to that encounter where God apprehends you for the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, that's what's happened to me. I've been apprehended. I can't but do all in my power to join with Jesus in his great mission to reach a lost world for Jesus. God's looking for people who are going to say, I want to make a significant difference on this planet. Any candidates? Anyone up in Kaitaia who want to make a significant difference on this planet? I'm telling you, you can. I can. We all can. So I'm going to just ask this question for a few moments now. Is why do you attend church? You're probably sitting there thinking, yeah, why do I attend actually? Glad you asked that question. <clears throat> Many people never church, think about church, do they? I drive to the city, church very shortly, and I always notice those people playing golf. I always pray for God to deal with them. They should be in church, you know, they should be. But they never crossed their minds, has it? And, you know, there's a lot of Christians, some of you right here, in your busy life. On the day you could be doing other things, 
on the one day you could relax, you actually come to church every week. I'm not trying to discourage you from coming, by the way. All right. So why get up? Why get dressed on the day off? You could be sleeping. Put on makeup. You did do that, didn't you, some of you? I can tell some of you forgot. All right. You argue with the kids. You get stressed. You get in the car. You drive to church. All this on the day off. Why do it? I mean, why do it? Is it just a religious duty? Observation? It's the right thing to do? See, if people don't know why they do this, they're not going to do it for very long. Or they're not going to do it very often. That's why people then say, oh, just go every couple of weeks, go every three weeks, maybe go once a month, go maybe once every two months, ultimately once a year. And when people don't know why they're doing it and they're not going to do it for long, then what pressure comes on the church and we've got to entertain people to keep them coming. So we've got to have the big screens and the flashing lights and sometimes we even get out the smoke machine. You know, all that sort of stuff and turn the music up. You know, why to entertain so that people will keep on coming because they don't know why they're coming. If we don't entertain them, they're not going to keep on coming. So we've got to, you know, offer them free food. <laughs> Special events. We beg you to come. Now let me tell you why you come to church or why you should come to church. The major reason to come to church is to encounter God. If you don't come to encounter God, and if you don't encounter God, it's going to be very hard to keep on coming. Because there's no excitement, there's no life, there's no transformation taking place. You come to worship God, you come to be strengthened, you come to hear His word, you come to be equipped to defeat the devil. You see? You, to see the walls of Jericho and your life come down, you need to get into God's presence. You need to hear His voice. You need to have an encounter. You need to expect that every time you come. The more that happens, the more you're going to be in church every single Sunday. You can't wait for your next encounter. You can't wait for your next moment with God. You can't wait to be strengthened for the church. Because, see, life is going to present you with challenges. Listen carefully, please. Challenges are ahead of you. Believe me, planet Earth, there are some things coming ahead of you. Attending church equips you uh, and, uh, and, and uh, makes you ready through encounters to handle the trials. And so you need to be strong in God before the trial. It's too late to get ready once a trial has hit you. It's too late to start running to church and say, oh God, I need your help now. I need strength now. No, come every week now. Encounter God. Be strengthened. Be strong in the Lord. Be equipped. Then when the devil comes, you're going to smash him and trample him underneath your feet. Why? Because you've been coming to church Sunday by Sunday. You've been having moments with God. You've been equipped through the Word, through worship, through encounter. You see, encounters and moments make you strong on the inside. They increase you on the inside. And they who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. They're equal to every challenge in life. They who know their God. How do you know God? Moments. Encounters with God. God. So, don't come to church to have an encounter with the ushers, though you might do that. <laughs> nor with the deacons, nor with the preacher, nor with the leader, song leader. Tell yourself, I'm here to have an encounter with God. God, speak to me. 
Speak through the music. Speak through the word. Tell yourself, I had to be here. It didn't matter. I didn't feel like coming. I just had to be here. Just like I had to fill up at the petrol station to keep the car going. I had to get to church to have an encounter with God to keep my walk with Him going and moving forward, creating momentum and a movement. My spirit needed it. My flesh didn't want to come. My flesh said, no, I'm tired. My flesh said, but I was in church last week, morning and night. Surely I'm due for a day off. My spirit didn't want to come. There was a great soccer match or something on to watch on TV. There was a special performance happening somewhere. My flesh didn't want to come, but my spirit needed it. My spirit had to be in church. My spirit needed a fresh moment and encounter with God. I had to be in church. The more you're in church, the more you encounter God. And that's why, you know, things like Hour of Power, specially designed for moments with God. Moments with God. They're probably the best service that we have in this church. And if you, you come, you just get into God's presence, and wow. It's, in fact, my, my, my uh, grandson, Zach, the Hour of Power is one of his favorite services, and he's only four, but he knows something's up because his, his spirit probably is aware of it, and you pick it, you pick it up. You see, Psalm 22, verse 3 says, God inhabits the praises of Israel. So you can change the atmosphere of your office, your school, your home, your passion, with, with your passion for God. When you come to church hungry, something's going to happen. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for they shall be filled. So you can change the atmosphere of your row. I heard this at a conference I went to. You can change the atmosphere of your row. I knew that anyway, but I still heard it at the conference. But, so I want to encourage you to be the worship leader in your row. Well, they've got a big response. If your row's not getting into it, then get into it even more. You know, change the atmosphere of, of our, our church, change the atmosphere of our community, of our nation, through our worship. You see, worship and praise and singing changes atmospheres. It creates something that uh, causes change to take place. See, you were created by God to sing, to shout, to clap, even to dance. There's so many verses that tell us to do these things. So when you are saved, when God saved you, blessed you, answered your prayers, when he's done all that for you, you can't help but sing. You can't help but shout. You can't help but clap. You can't help but dance. So why did God give you hands? To put in your pocket or to clap? unto God. Why did he give you a mouth to speak negatively or to sing and shout unto God with a voice of triumph? Why did he give you feet just to stand still? You could try dancing. The more you worship with all your heart, this is my point, the more likely you will encounter God. The more likely you will have a moment that creates a momentum that causes you to achieve way beyond anything you've achieved in life or take you to another level of achievement. You see, because it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Is that right? Which means we need more spirit. How do you get more spirit? Moments, encounters with God. They change your life. They transform you. We need them more than anything else. So, as we begin to wrap it up, when you come to church, don't attend church 
and think, let's see what the musos have got today. How good's the preacher going to be? No, no, don't come like that, friends. You'll be disappointed. Come with a hunger. God, touch me. Impact me. Change my life. God, I'm desperate for you. I'm hungry for you. God, would you give me a moment in your presence that will change me? Would you let me encounter you today? Would you let me get into your presence? See, our Thursday night prayer meetings are sometimes just fantastic. The last Thursday was terrific. And I probably would had moments, probably had about three or four moments with God just in one prayer meeting. And those moments, I know one thing God said to me just has created this momentum in me that I know is going to cause greater achievement and greater blessing to take place. When that expectation develops in your heart, how much better than just coming to sing and just coming to hear a preacher is to have a moment with God. God, no less, friends. There's not a moment with a person as such a human being on, on earth. It's not a moment with a pastor. It's not a moment with your friends. It's a moment with the creator of the universe. When he touches you, everything changes. You want a moment that transforms you so you can transform others. So you can transform society and impact the world for Jesus. You are a call to be a world changer. Through history, people have encountered God that created momentum, caused them to have a great impact for Him. In every service and every meeting you go to, you have that opportunity to have a moment with God. And I pray that you have a moment right now because he is here. His presence is near. You can feel it. It's just in the place. Because what happens is this. God confirms his word. Preach healing, you get healing. Preach salvation, you get souls. Preach baptism in the Holy Spirit, people get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Preach holiness, you get holy people. Preach encounters, preach moments. People have moments. People have encounters. That's why I back up this morning with tonight. So that's just not a message that you hear. But then we think, okay, God, will you now confirm your word to us? And would you, I'm coming tonight to have an encounter with God, no less. Encounter that will change my life, that will move me forward in the purposes of God. To reach our world for Christ, fulfill the Great Commission. To see mighty breakthroughs in our lives, we do need to have these encounters. But here's the good news. Who's ready for some good news? Katai, you ready for some good news? Here's some real good news for this. And that is, you were created by God for encounters. You were specially designed by God to have moments with Him. This is not out of the box. This is not the exception. This is not the unusual. This is the norm. You were created by God, designed within and without so that you could regularly have moments with Him, encounters with Him that create a moment create a, mo a momentum, sorry, that causes you to accomplish more than you would otherwise accomplish in life. It's time 
for a fresh encounter with God that changes your life, creates a momentum, and causes you to impact your world for Jesus.